Welcome to Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. You can find links to all of Phil's resources at philsbaker.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today and take a moment to share this podcast with your friends. Now, here's Phil. Hey, y'all, this is episode 113, and here I get to interview my friend Dan Enright for a fourth time. And this time, we're talking about how to create healthy biblical communities. Many of the questions are from one of my listeners who I'm very thankful for. And so I'm really just excited for y'all to get to hear Dan talk about this as he was a small groups pastor at the church that we met at. And we also talk at the beginning of the interview about how we met and the events that led to both of us resigning from the church that we met at within the span of about four months. Pretty interesting stuff here. Also, my new five-song EP called Genesis is out. You can find links to that on my website, philsbaker.com, or you can just go to Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere that you can buy or stream digital music and find a copy of that there. Please, if if you feel led, consider leaving a positive rating and review there as that'll help others find it. And do the same for this podcast, Reclaiming the Faith, as that will also help people find this podcast. Also, my book, Faithful Witness, my new book, is going to be out on October 26th. So be on the lookout for that. There'll be audio, digital, and print-on-demand copies made available for you. And lastly, for $5 or more a month, you can become one of my Patreon subscribers where you can get access to almost all of my digital music uh, and also two videos per month, one being a an introduction to an early Christian or an early Christian document. Also, I've been putting out tutorials for my songs, and I do those on acoustic. So you don't you don't only get the tutorial, you also get basically an acoustic version of my song, a video of me doing that. So please consider uh, donating $5 or more a month for access to those. And lastly, I know I said lastly <laughs> a little bit ago, but I am blessed to be a part of Omega Frequency. So please go check out our two Omega Frequency YouTube channels, Omega Frequency and Omega Frequency Live. Become a subscriber there. All right, well, without any further ado, let's get into episode 113, my interview with Dan Enright. Dude, I have so much fun talking with you, man. For real, this is, it seems like we're finally getting to do something that I've wanted to do, which is just sit down and talk to you, have a discussion with tape rolling. Yeah. Because we have these kind of discussions a lot. We do. And yeah. the tape's never rolling. It's not, which is a shame. We need to have my little setup at your house also. <laughs> Maybe I'll gift that to you. You can just have mics up everywhere. Yes. And the moment you come through the door, just hit play. Hit, yeah. Hit yeah. record. That, that, yeah. Not play. <laughs> that would be boring. Just listen I don't to know. ourselves. Depends again. on if we recorded something before. Yeah. Yeah. Can listen back for heresy or something. Dude, <laughs> this is like, I think this is your fourth interview with me. I think so. Yeah, and I've, I, w- I would like a lot more. Maybe one day. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, you have not because you asked not, that kind of stuff. Maybe one day we can talk about Stephen and X. Yeah. 
six we and seven. Mentioned that a, f- a while back. Maybe like winter break. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Don't, I think don't, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I I do too. So like, um, you've been on Stephanie's podcast. You shared your testimony there, which is pretty cool. Um, and your wife Jenny shared her testimony there too. Right. It's awesome. Um, so if if anybody wants to hear like your whole story, uh, they should definitely go check out those faithful podcast episodes because you got a great testimony, man. Um, well, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think we've talked a whole lot um, about how you and I met. No, I don't think we have. So, um, do you want to do you want to tell it or should I? Uh, I <laughs> let me hear you tell it. You can correct me. Well, yeah, you'll probably bring back some things that I've forgotten, actually. So, Well, I remember the first time I met you, and that's because the pastor was away. And uh, so I got to hear the, uh, the last sermon that you preached at the church that we met at. And that's my dog, Zeke. He's given an amen. Zeke. Yeah, I was really excited because I was like, man, if... I was like, if the if the teaching is like this, man, I'm gonna love this church. Well, thanks. Yeah, I do remember that because yeah. that was your first time there mm-hmm. with yeah. Steph and the kids, right? Yeah, yeah. We we were kind of um, the worship leader Chad Meadows, who's been on mine and Stephanie's podcast. Uh, if he had asked me to be like his assist, like assistant to the regional manager. Right. Yeah. And um, so I was checking out the church um, before we would say yes. And you were preaching out of Matthew. I think it was Matthew 17. I don't know, though. I don't know. Matthew 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Okay. It'd be really funny if it was 18. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just remember like really loving it and digging it. Me and you, and you were real gracious to to me and my family, and that was really cool, man. Um, I so, I do remember that. Yeah, and um, remember you coming on as assistant to the worship pastor, <laughs> and and I also remember the first time that you uh, that you filled in for Chad. Yeah, when he was absent. I don't remember that. Yeah, and and I. And I love playing with Chad, being yeah. out there with him and, and all that. And then you brought kind of a different feel to things. Yeah. And um, so I appreciated playing with you as well. But I, I do remember that. That's cool. And I think at that time, I was part-time yeah. at the church uh, with small groups. Okay. And um, I was still, <clears throat> excuse me, working at, uh, at a college and then they had, it was either a second or third round of layoffs. And then at that point, I uh, wasn't sure what to do and took on dual roles at the church mm. with being the small groups pastor and then uh, facilities okay. manager there. Yeah. And yeah, that was, um, that was how I ended up full-time at the church. And then I think it, at that point, you were, you had... You were still doing worship, yeah. But then you had moved into another area yeah. as well, right? Helping the children out as well. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you ever like want to be a small group pastor? That was that something that you had like wanted to do? Yeah, because I was a 
uh, high school, college pastor for about seven years before we made the the transition to the church where I met you. Yeah, and I always in, enjoyed uh, that setting of you know putting the chairs in a circle and having mm. a discussion and uh, asking questions and and having dialogue, mm. and it was great. Um, with with that age group, yeah, and I saw this when this opportunity came as an opportunity to replicate that, mm. but you know more with adults and and start getting um, more deep into the scriptures and of course building community and and all that stuff. So I know you had some limitations on what you wanted to do, but like, what did you? What did you set out to do with the small groups at that church? Well, for one, uh, build community. Uh, and like, how? What did that look like? All you know? Yeah. Well, it was uh, the small groups met at at different um, different times during the week. We had some on on Sundays, of course, but um, it was a, a matter of uh, meeting with each of the small group leaders and and helping them understand. Um, how to develop that with, within a group. Hmm. And um, because so often we're used to attending church in rows, mm-hmm. right? it's very familiar to us, and we're, we have a, a pastor who, who teaches at the, the front of the church and speaks out to us as we're sitting there. and Monologue. Yeah. And, and so I think with, this, with a small group ministry, um, you you try to, in, in my mind at least, you try to de- develop try to develop um, a relational aspect where instead of rows, people are in circles, they're facing one another, mm. and um, and they're asking uh, questions um, to uh, to try to get familiar with with one another, um, maybe become more transparent. Um, so it was it was more community driven, of course. Uh, in in that sense, um, and just encouraging uh, time with with each other, maybe away from uh, the setting of the church, uh, to build relationships in in that respect too. Um, and of course, it was it really revolved around scripture. That mm. was the big emphasis, uh, of course, and and being able to um, open the the scriptures together. And and not necessarily be taught, but discuss and and come to truth um, as the spirit led in in any any setting like that with with believers, and then you know through that it um, I think it was um, it served a twofold purpose in um, knowing and loving God in in deeper ways, and then knowing and loving one another as well and and encouraging as as much vulnerability as people were comfortable with mm. to to start to build that so what would like at that place what, what would a typical small group session look like when y'all are gathered together from like start to finish like what we yeah just what generally we, what would that look like well um People would arrive at the location wherever uh, we were meeting, and 
we generally just kind of chat for a little while mm -hmm. and there'd be a, a point where we would uh, decide to to organize and start the uh, the group officially so to speak and mm -hmm. um, we'd open with prayer we'd check in with each other how the week was how are you doing anything we can pray about prayer was a big part of it mm -hmm. um, that was one thing that that really built that um, community mm. feel and and the intimacy yeah um, and there were there were there were points where where there were some groups that um, they they got to such depth um, they for a time would um, would close the group to, to new members because mm. they were dealing with um, with things that if an outsider were, were to come in for the first time, yeah. they'd be like, whoa. Right. Um, and so that was, uh, that was a really, really neat dynamic that, mm. that would happen. But, you know, of course, we, we'd pray, and, and we usually uh, were, were going through, um, you know, a book. We, we did... A book of the Bible. book of the Bible. Yeah. Right. And, and oftentimes we'd, we do the whole thing. Sometimes we would do topical uh, studies, um, and I think asking questions was a big part of of helping people yeah. to drop their guards. Mm. and And we would learn from each other where we were in terms of um, our belief in uh, in what we were reading in in the Bible, and um, and you just as a as a leader. Um, it was important to to pick up on this stuff mm. uh, because there were times where, you know, you would have to kind of just push pause and and say, hey, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Mm. So it was a matter also of, um, you know, the leaders having a a, a certain spiritual maturity yeah. uh, that were you know versed in the word and and able to um, pick up on stuff like that and, yeah. and be able to sometimes shift the conversation if. If need be, so it was a very. Sometimes it was very fluid, mm. you know. Yeah, and so that that helped create a a really good dynamic between the people. That's cool, man. Uh, and then uh, the crap hit the fan. <laughs> you uh, could say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much you want to get into that, but it was a really difficult time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but for sure. Um, so you brought a bunch of stuff to the leadership. How was that met? Uh, it brought up a bunch of stuff to the leadership that was confronting it, leadership. Yeah, it was resisted like tooth and claw, fang and claw. Yeah. Um, I, was, um, I was seeking fairness in it. Yeah. Um, speaking personally, but then I was also seeking repentance. Yeah. On the part of the the leaders, and that that didn't happen, and right. it just ended up escalating from there to where um, there was definitely a a trust issue that came up for me uh, to where I uh, I could not serve under that that type of leadership. Right, you know, I someone. That I don't trust is um, is a big deal, 
Yeah, and I think when it comes to that. I think that's a key point that we'll come back to later. Yeah. But um, fortunately, you were offered another job right around the same time. Correct. Which is, I mean, just huge from God. It's pretty amazing. <clears throat> it, uh, it was really... Uh, interesting doesn't even do it justice in terms of characterizing it. Yeah. Uh, the timing at which God interceded in this. Yeah. Uh, when, when I was, <clears throat> when, when I was um, maybe off time with, uh, with how and when I wanted to approach leadership with mm. this, God just, I, it was so clear. <laughs> I mean, he literally um, interceded in th the most undeniable way. Yeah, and I think it was it was him saying, "Okay, hang on. Yeah, there let's there are some things that that we still need to get worked out here." Um, but I never ever had the conviction that um, that I should not have approached them. Yeah, because right. this was um, this was a really big deal. Yeah, and and so you resigned. I resigned. Right, and you didn't leave the church, though. No, and, and I think a lot of people had no idea. They they didn't because you kept on leading your small group. Yes, like you weren't going to the main services but you were still going to the small group. Why did you do that? Why did you not leave, and why did you continue with the small group? Yeah. Um, what had been, what God created in that group was so powerful. And Jenny, my wife, and I, we, um, we made a commitment not to talk about my resignation in the group. Um, not to talk about the nature of it, what led up to it, um, what what I was experiencing at that time. Um, so we we decided not to share any details with anybody, mm. um, and it was difficult showing up to church that that Sunday. But what had occurred in our small group was was something that. Jenny and I wanted to continue to be a part of. We were we were not going to let this separate us yeah. from what God did with those with our uh, small group um, members. Mm. Um, and um, so we we decided we'll we'll go to the we'll go to the group. Yeah. Um, and I I purposefully stayed out of the church services because first of all I didn't want to see yeah. The, the leadership, right? And I didn't want um, I didn't want people asking questions, yeah, because I did not want to betray my commitment, yeah. Um, I, I did not want to uh, cause anybody to stumble, yeah. Um, so I thought if if we could just separate and and stick to uh, what we were doing in the in the small group, what the Lord was doing with everyone in the small group, 
um, that's where we got fed. That's where we um, we were uh, nourished. Yeah. Um, we were around people that we loved and who loved the Lord, and you know it was a, a really powerful thing. And it's it's something that um, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna stop. So, yeah. So that's why. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was having to put in my password because my screensaver cut on. <laughs> but um, so about th- four months, three months, three to four months after that, I confront the leadership with some of the same stuff that you've brought up. You had brought up and some more things as well. And they asked me to resign <clears throat> unless I can like prove that I trust the leadership. So I resign, but we keep on going to small group um, with y'all and with the other small group of folks that, that we were with. And um, then I confronted uh, one of the leaders and asked him to be honest with the congregation and that, that leader did not know that I was videotaping the con- the, the conversation <laughs> with a phone in my pocket. And uh, that leader told the pastor that I had, I, there was an alter, I, I had an altercation with him. Right. I remember that. And so, um, the, that week, I, I don't know if it was the next day or two days after that, uh, you and Jenny... And me and Stephanie were all banned from the church. So I yes. apologize for having you banned from the church. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Yeah. Here's our chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it seemed pretty extreme. Of yeah. course, you know, communication went out to the security team. Yeah. Um, because we were, uh, according to them, verbal and physical threats. Yeah. Um, it got just really nasty. Yeah. And I was just amazed <laughs> that it got to that point. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, one member of leadership, um, you know, I, uh, when all this broke uh, also, and, and I want to put this, put this in here too, um, I really felt alone mm. on staff. Yeah. And... And I, I thought about you a lot, and I, I, um, I considered you, you to be a, a trusted friend and brother in Christ, and and I did um, uh, nervously confide in you with all this. And it I was, was kind of asking, though. Yeah, um, but apart from you, no one knew what was going on. Yeah. But then it it then it started to get. Uh, nasty. Yeah. Um, at at one point, um, you know, I I was accused of um, deceiving and poisoning you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it it just got so so oh, out of man. hand. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just it's just really unfortunate. And yeah. So anyway, I I don't know if you were going somewhere with. No, with that. No, I mean, I was just trying to tell the story, but go ahead. Yeah, and it, it was it was really at that point when I think they started to realize 
uh, where their um, their narrative was starting to crack. Yeah, and I think that's why they decided to take such drastic measures with uh, with us. Yeah, and it seemed like they kind of overplayed their hand. Yeah, um, because that caused a lot of the people that we were so close with and all of these groups to question the leadership. And um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for you, but like Stephanie and I weren't telling people anything unless they asked us specific questions. Mm-hmm. And even then we were holding back. Mm-hmm. But the members of our small group, your, you know, our common small group and other small groups just kept on asking questions to the leadership and kept on getting different stories. That's right. Just so much inconsistency that um, soon a bunch of, well, basically all of the small group that we were both a part of and many others left as well. Mm-hmm. And so very quickly there was like, this, well, what are we going to keep meeting discussions? Which was really tough and you were, yeah. you and, and one of our other buddies, excuse me, were basically leading that small group. Can you tell about how you navigated that situation to mm-hmm. not only like preserve dignity in one sense, but keep unity without ah, yeah. causing hatred? So this group wasn't formed out of anger. Right. That, I mean, that's something that I perceived. There wasn't all this anger because we didn't talk about it in right. group. That was almost like one of the rules. Right. There was still love for one another, a lot of compassion. I, and that was just amazing to me, the way that you and some others like helped navigate that. Can you explain yeah. how you did that transition? Okay, so the the leader that you're talking about. Um, well, there would be... Oh, wait, Wait, are you talking about leader of the small group? Leader of the small group. Because there were almost two. I mean, there's like a non-teaching leader as well that also played a big role. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so the one who is, who's playing a, a role in our group now Yeah. with, with, with the two of us. Teaching. Okay, teaching. Yeah. Right. He was a big part of the group at the church. Yeah. And and so you know there was eventually a, a point where stuff just started coming out. Yeah, people started hearing rumors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, this this person, he was on a um, a a quest for the truth in mm. all of it. Yeah, and he and I were were meeting, and I was. Um, uh, giving him my side. When asked. When asked. Yeah. Right. Because his concern was um, he wanted the truth because if, if he was a part of a church where this kind of stuff went on, I think he was, he was first and foremost thinking about his family. Yeah, right. You know, it may, may, may be time to check out. Right. And um, and so we met uh, several times, one on one, and and he literally at, at one point um, 
he he looked at me like from across the table and he said, Dan, either you are lying or they are lying. Yeah. And so at that point, uh, and, and that that really was <laughs> where, yeah, that's where what it, was. it was. Yeah. And um, and so he he took it upon himself to um, to search the matter out. Yeah. And talk to leadership and um, and so at that point, uh, also I, I was never ever interested in um, in forming like a church, you know, breaking away, right. stealing people from yeah. this church and starting my own thing or anything like that. Yeah. Um, we just had some concerned people right. in the group because I think they felt the same way that that we all did about the group. Like, this is a great thing. Yeah. We don't want this to end. Right. Um, and, um, you know, if, 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 if Dan is the, the reason that all this is just falling apart, then, you know, we're going to, we're going to step back into the church. Right. And try to rebuild and yeah. get, uh, get our footing back and all that. But um, when it all came down, um, he did find out uh, the truth. Yep. And uh, was was convinced of it, and um, and so from that point, um, we we really had this um, feeling and commitment. Like we we wanted to stay together. Yeah, um, we didn't want to form another church. We didn't want to, um, you know. Again, like I said, try to. Uh, take people away. Yeah, not doing a Jerry Maguire kind of thing, right? You know, who's coming with me? Yeah, but th these our group they wanted to stay together. Yeah, um, but in order to do that, you know, they every t every single person it seems um, did uh, did their own investigation mm -hmm. of these claims, yeah. and they they witnessed what happened, how we were treated. Yeah, and. And I think just intuitively, they were like, we know these guys better than this. Yeah. Right? There, there's nothing that we've ever seen in them that would would cause this kind of a response or reaction from church leadership. Yeah. And so it just didn't sit well. It wasn't adding up. Yeah. You know? So anyway, uh, that was that was something that, that I wanted to navigate very carefully and 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 make sure that my intentions were 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 known mm. like i'm i'm not trying to start anything else yeah. here this is that's not my goal right um so uh that that was a big big thing for me just to be honest and transparent authentic yeah <laughs> you know about about all this yeah. and um and then uh almost to a person they 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 drew their own conclusions. Yeah. Based on what they were seeing, hearing, sometimes reading, experiencing, and um, and eventually, um, you know, of course, the the group that we we meet with now, our home church, if you will, um, non church, non church, home church, home church, yeah, church at a house, um, yeah, is essentially that group, yeah. So and it's it's pretty similar in how 
it it functions. There right. aren't a lot of differences. There are a couple, maybe, but it's pretty similar. Some of the things that I really like about this group, and one, you know, this it kind of leads to the reason that I wanted to talk to you about this issue today. Um, like the group is very serious about the Bible, but we don't take e- ourselves too seriously. Like there's a lot of joking, yeah, like and ribbing, like good-natured ribbing, right, amongst basically everyone. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah. really love that about our group that we we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Like we can be joked about, right, and that's totally fine. Yeah, you know. It's a very lighthearted in that sense, but it's also very serious about the Bible. There is like very serious Bible discussion. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about you know the scriptures, we, like we really hold the, the centrality of the scriptures and all that stuff. Absolutely. There's also like we focus pretty heavily on dial uh, on dialogue. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a teaching time. We also let the scriptures be read, no matter how long the section. We've read through books of the Bible together, like, in mm-hmm. a setting, which is so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's just, I've never been a part of a group like this before. And, uh, you know, I led a house church kind of stuff, and it wasn't like this. You know, you've just created such an amazing dynamic. And I hate to use the, f- the phrase life-giving because it makes me cringe a little bit, but it is. It is. It really gives a lot of life to me and um, to my family, and um, it's just great. Well, I think you know everyone's a big part of that. You're a big part of that uh, because you're you're one of the leaders in there. Um, of course, we we rotate. Yeah. Weeks, of course, right? Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, another leader, but. Um, you're you're a big part of that, and I think to a, a large degree, everybody's a big part of that. Mm. Um, yeah, no one takes their, themselves too seriously, um, and I think uh, we we do maybe take uh, different positions with with some things. Yeah, um, nothing of an essential nature. Um, but we don't let that become a an obstacle, right? You know, um, we're not we're not there to die on our swords, yeah. Over over non essentials, um, but we'll still talk about them. Like I have oh, like open like absolutely, yeah, back and forth yeah, about those. It's things. It's not taboo, yeah. And and in fact, uh, remember you and I, uh, yeah. we even met um, during the week. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, why do you think this? Like, why do you interpret that like like that like you do? Yeah. So I, I think that's neat because it it fosters that. But um, yeah, no, we're everybody um, knows why they're there, mm. and um, and the Lord is uh, he's he's doing a a really really cool thing. Yeah. Uh, we're getting fed, we're getting nourished, we're getting encouraged, um, we're being uplifted, all that. Uh, everything that I think you would want. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, and of course, we're, we're always, um, 
you know, hoping and praying for greater God to do greater things always. Yeah. But he's he's really done a, a neat thing. Yeah. With this group. Yeah. And he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is that's my church. Yeah. I mean, uh, gosh, if if if, if Sunday night stopped, I don't know what, what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel the same way, and yeah. I think sometimes too we we th- we we. Think of this word church, right? And we immediately get uh, an idea right. of what that means. Yeah. But uh, you know, strictly defined, ecclesia just means a gathering, mm-hmm. an assembly, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we are. Yeah. That's right, man. So, like, let's let's get into. Um, well, let me let me introduce this a little bit. So, one of one of my listeners. Uh, wrote in a bunch of questions because he's at a place with him and his wife where they're trying to, like, they feel, they feel like they don't fit in anywhere hmm. in many respects. Um, but they love Jesus and they love God's people. They just don't feel like they fit in. And I think it's probably pretty normal for a lot of folks. Um, it may be different reasons, but hmm. it's not. It's not. It's not uncommon. So um, he wrote me a bunch of questions, and I was like, man, I, I think it would just be really cool to talk with Dan about this and get Dan's take on this, um, because you do such a good job at helping foster community. And, you know, you're a pastor, and so um, even if you're not holding that title, that's what you are, dude. You're like, good Lord, you're so pastoral, it's crazy. So, you know, like, you're way more pastoral than me. Like, oh, man, I I am, you are, like, so gentle and, uh, like, oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's definitely one of your many spiritual gifts. So let me throw some of these questions your way, all right? So I, so, I don't know what to say to that kind of stuff. Well, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to receive it. Okay, I receive it. And <laughs> okay. I, I, pre- I appreciate that yeah. very much. And, um, of course, th- God gets all the glory. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So, like, um, how can we par- be part of a church? This is question one. We got five questions. How can we be part of a church that agrees on the core doctrines, like Nicene Creed stuff, deity of Jesus, virgin birth, resurrection, but... This church disagrees with us, like him and his wife, on how to implement Jesus' teachings. Like we, we maybe think about some more moral stuff from like the Sermon on the Mount, interactions mm. with others. So mm-hmm. we agree about core Nicene stuff, but disagree about the, the moral implementation of Jesus' teachings. How do we interact in a church like that? Well, I would say for sure... There's um, this adage that goes uh, in the essentials, unity, and the non-essentials, liberty. Um, yeah, and in all things. And in all things, charity. My bad, man. Yeah, right. Isn't it, doesn't it finish that way? That's right. Yeah, I interrupted you, and I'm sorry. No, that's all right, because yeah. I totally forgot about that last <laughs> <Okay>. part. <laughs> that's, that's like a big part. Nice. Right? <laughs> um, so, if I, I would think if if you have unity in the essentials of the Christian faith, Christian doctrine, um, that's a great, great place to be. Um, and th- there, there there, are different interpretations to mm. the Sermon on the Mount. 
um, yeah. depending on who you're asking. Um, there are some interpretations that look at that as uh, conduct in the kingdom right. um, to come. Right. Um, and there are other interpretations that, that say, hey, this is, this is for us here now today. And um, so I don't know if, if that sometimes comes into play because I, I do know of interpretations where um, they would say, using the Sermon on the Mount as an example, this is all in the future. This is kingdom mm-hmm. uh, stuff here. And it doesn't necessarily necessarily apply to our walk in terms of following Jesus. Um, if 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 that's something that maybe uh, this uh, this gentleman and his wife are running into, uh, that's one thing. Um, but I, I I'm not I guess I'm not too clear on um, on what it would mean in terms of say the Sermon on the Mount is for us today, and um, does, does it look different to different people in terms of how, how you fulfill that, how you follow Jesus in that? Uh, and that is, um, that's, a, that's another matter. Yeah. So, without specifically knowing whether it's an interpretation in terms of um, here and now or there and after or um, how is it that we practically apply it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure how to how to answer that. Uh, what do you think? Well, another way that some people interpret the Sermon on the Mount is kind of like a new law that's let that's designed to be like a new tutor to lead us to Christ. Uh huh. You yeah. know, like this right. is so far beyond you. Don't you see how bad of a sinner you are? That's right. But it's not actually meant for you to live out. Yeah. So that's another way that it gets. But uh, to answer the guy's question, the only thing that was coming to me is if you want to be a member of that church, live out your convictions. Live it out the way that you believe it. And maybe that'll help convince yeah. other people. If you can live it out consistently, live it out. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, yeah, I think if. If if you are convicted about, I mean, you, I don't know if you can go wrong trying to live out the Sermon on the Mount. Sure. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I mean, you can't go, you, you can't deny the, the salt and the light. Right. I mean, we're definitely called to that for Be sure. Be a peacemaker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. N- no doubt. But that also might require you calling people to repent. Yeah. To show how they're not at peace. Yes. You know, that's kind of like what John the Baptist was doing in one sense. He was being a peacemaker. Yeah. And a troublemaker, you know, in some people's eyes, but he's trying to bring them in a right relationship with God. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it can look a lot of different ways, man. Yeah, I um, personally, I, I definitely think it's it's something for us yeah. to, to follow, to implement, to share um and um what that looks like specifically um can have variations yeah. i think to a certain point to where you're still walking in um your walk is in christ um 
but it may take on a different nuance than maybe someone else who's who's following the the sermon as well. I mean, yeah. What is it to to be salt? What is it to be light? I mean, what does that look like? And and, and I think when you when you look at those life intersections that that God brings into your life, hmm. um, sometimes that's where the specificity happens, mm. you know, and 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 in the in the moment, that's when you sometimes can realize, oh, this is what it means. Wow. Yeah. And we can we can think sometimes so hard on stuff like that. Yeah. But it isn't until when it isn't until we're uh, we're in a practical situation that the Lord just shows up and goes, boom. Here's what it means to be salt. Here's what it means to be light. Yeah. And yeah, you're you're fulfilling Jesus' teachings. So I think this goes really well into the next question. And so the next question is if a church doesn't take the words of Christ seriously, should you leave? Or if you're looking for a church, should you join that church? I think it leads really well because like thinking about the Sermon on the Mount, there could be people that I would view as like very liberal, like politically and with the scriptures. Mm-hmm who earnestly believe they are taking this this the words of Jesus very seriously. Oh yeah. In the Sermon on the Mount. Like they are fully convinced in their mind. They are they are the true ones living out and I'm looking at them like y'all are so so liberal with the scriptures. Like this is not but to them they're convinced. So so if you're a person who thinks the church that you're looking at doesn't take the words of Christ seriously, what should you do? Hmm. Um, are, do you want to talk just specifically about the Sermon on the Mount? No, or? no, no. Just the words of Jesus, because there are a lot of words of Jesus. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that can be tricky. Yeah. Real tricky. Um, Here's what I'm thinking. When I'm, I would, I would bring it up with them. This, whatever the word, the scripture is, and ask them to explain themselves. Mm. Yeah. What is your justification? Yeah, and see how they justify it. Mm-hmm. Are they justifying it more with their feelings and with like life situations, mm-hmm. or are they turning to the scriptures to justify the scriptures? Yeah. Because, and, and in, a, in another sense, um, something like that can kind of morph into a very worldly application, mm. right? Yeah. To where you, instead of serving the kingdom of God, you're sing, serving the kingdom of the world. Mm. So, yeah, you have to be really careful with that. And... Yeah, just simply ask people why why is it that you understand this to be saying this and from that this follows. Yeah. Right? Um and is it consistent with um with other teachings in the scriptures? Is it consistent with how God has revealed himself? I mean, pick Old Testament, New Testament. Is it is it consistent? Um, is there a coherency yeah. with uh, with your with how you're living that out? 
and mm-hmm. and understanding it. Yeah. Um, and I I would, man, I don't I don't know. I can't even begin to think how much has been written on the Sermon on the Mount by brilliant people by by spirit filled people. Yeah, the same spirit that is in us is in them. Yeah, and you know it's 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 almost like taking in as as much as you can. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, relying on the Holy Spirit to reveal truth, but. What, what does this person say about it? Yeah. What does that person say about it? Pray about it. You know, bring as much um, context and perspective into something like that. Um, and, and, and ask the Lord to, to guide you in it. Um, but again, I, th- I think there are, um, are some things that, that are really simple. Like, um, you have heard it said, you know, um, hate your enemies. But I tell you, how's that go? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Or sorry, you've heard it said, "Love your neighbor, hate your enemies." That's but right. I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So that to me, hard do hard to do. Yeah, not hard to understand. Sure. And so that, yeah, that could be one one thing that's uh, that's clear. So, like, an example that came to my mind, let's go, like, way late in Matthew. Let's go to chapter 28. Okay. Great commission. All right? So, like, churches have great commission in their mission statements and vision statements all the time. You know, like, that's, that's kind of standard to make disciples. What does that mean? Mm. So, like, when I was pressing one of the leaders of our previous church and listening to their messages, you know, about and listening to our staff meetings about what that means, it was basically teach someone how to do what you do. And if you press forward on the computer to make the slides change, then you're fulfilling the Great Commission if you teach someone how to do that. That sounds like so ridiculous, but that's literally an example that was used. And that's crazy talk. I mean, (laughs) let's just be honest. That is not what Jesus had in mind at all. You know, that's not teaching them how to obey everything I've taught. You know, Jesus wasn't talking about slides. Right. So, like, so should we confront that person who's teaching that? Probably. Yeah. Ask them to explain themselves. Even if they're going to say, yeah, we should be teaching people how to follow Jesus, but this is the way it gets lived out in the church. Well, we could think that's absolute ridiculous. Should we leave a church over that? The slide? Yeah. Should we leave a church over that? Or like, because I don't think they're taking the words of Jesus seriously there. Right. I think they're seriously twisting and distorting them, like you were saying, for a worldly purpose. Actually, more of a selfish purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, but should we leave a church over that? I don't know. Because that's tough, man. That's the Great Commission. It's the Great Commission. And, um, that is, that's some pretty serious stuff. And, of course, I think to bring clarity to that that verse, um, making disciples is the command. Right. Uh, the, the go is not. Right. It's a participle. Right. Which translates as basically as you are going. Right. So, wherever you are, whoever 
is in your circle, whatever you're doing. Yeah. In that context, make disciples. Um, so teach someone how to do the slides because yeah. they're doing slides with you. Yeah. I, I would say um, if, that's, if that's all it is, if, if it's just that um, multiplied by you, whatever, yeah. If it's if it's that shallow, um, that that is something that I I would um, take into serious consideration, um, because making disciples I think goes back to Matthew sixteen, where if you want to be a follower of Christ, deny yourself, take mm-hmm. up your cross, follow me. Yeah. Like how is it that in any um, any action, um, significant action, even menial uh, things, how is it that, that we are denying ourselves? How is it that we're taking up our cross, you know, and how is it that through that we're following him? Um, if, if, that is, if that becomes a focus, it can also become a form of manipulation. Mm. And when <clears throat> definitely at that point, when when you sense there's manipulation, I, I think that should raise a red flag. So manipulation is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I you, because you're it's a selfishness. Right. You you want you want something out of that person. Right. It's not it's not it's the opposite of the Sermon on the Mount, which is give not expecting anything in return. Right. And and you can say, well, I want Christ followers. Yeah. But you don't have to do it through manipulation. In fact, you're not going to get Christ followers through manipulation. Mm. You're you're going to get um, you're going to get um, pushback. Yeah. And you're going to get resistance. Um, so it can actually have, um, you know, a an effect that that isn't desirable. So with that. Say you're, 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 you're in the early stages of discipling one of your friends who does not believe. But Jesus started with unbelievers as well, you know, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so, so you're working with someone who doesn't believe. You're trying to teach them what it means to follow Jesus. And they're very skeptical. And eventually they say, you know, I'm kind of interested in and going to church. You you go to church, right? And you're like, yes. <laughs> but you have some apprehension about your church mm-hmm. because they don't they don't either teach or live out the gospel in the way that you understand the gospel. Mm. What do you do? This is question number three. Well, I would almost want to go back to question two. <laughs> um, and I guess we, we didn't really answer the question, like, should you leave? Um, possibly. Yeah. Um, but let's say you got, like you, you, know, you have a small group that you're devoted to, you know, and so you're, you're torn there. Yeah. Because you're doing a lot of ministry with that small group. Yeah. And they're counting on that. 
So if if I if I was in that situation, <clears throat> excuse me, and I knew that my church was teaching something different about Jesus than the way you understand it, than the way I understand it, yeah, is is I'm wondering if if this relates to the previous question, probably in, in terms of like moral walking, yeah, walking it out. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I would. That that can be a tough one. I, I think there. I think you could have a conversation with that person, and. Um, Which person are we talking about? With the unbeliever. unbeliever. Gotcha. Yeah. If if you if you're committed to this church and yeah. and you've decided yes we we see these things differently. Um, it may look different for this person than it does for me, but in terms of the essentials of the faith, um, we're we're in agreement. Mm. We have unity. You know, it, it the 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 matter for that that person who is an unbeliever is um, is knowing Christ for salvation, and that to me would be a, a a priority, um, mm. and it may, you know, if this if this person is continues to 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 want to go to church, mm. um, you know, it, it I think it would warrant conversations. Yeah, like, hey, if if it gets to that point and you and you feel like you can have a conversation like that without it without taking two steps back, so to speak. Mm. You know, I would I would say, hey, I just want you to know there's something that came up in the sermon, um, and our our pastor, you know, believes this about it, and and that's great. It's and it, as long as it's not heresy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it it might be an opportunity to go to to just say, hey, I I actually kind of see it this way, and it's it's not like we're going to um, lock horns over it. Yeah, but. That's just something, and and when you get to that point um, in your faith walk, you may see a nuance in in this as well. And it's not like um, we are are um, are going to to battle over these things, but uh, the way that we're walking our faith out may may look a little different. But essentially, you know, we uh, we believe the the same thing about the Son of God. Yeah, and um, and that that to me would be uh, the critical issue at at that point with with that person. Mm. But if it is something where, um, you know, it's it's a matter of conscience. If you're there, that that might be a different um, matter altogether. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. Like, the only thing I would add is, like, um, putting that passage before them, explaining the context, and asking them, what do you think? Hmm. Asking the unbeliever. Hmm. And hopefully the Spirit That's of God great, is, like, leading great them. point. And maybe they'll come to a more simple or interpretation. Like, if, if the person teaching is, like, kind of dancing around an issue to promote something yeah. of their own agenda. And that, I mean, you bring up, bring up a... A whole other thing too. If 
if they're manipulating scripture yeah uh to serve an agenda um that i think that goes back to the previous question yeah um do i really need to to be in this church yeah knowing that that that's happening because right. you and i experienced that yeah um the the um the manipulation by by taking scripture and and taking it out of context and applying it yeah towards basically policy yeah um yeah that that's that's manipulation that i don't i don't think is a part of of a church shouldn't be yeah and i you know one thing that you showed is um really trying to apply matthew 18 confronting, you know, brothers who are in error in a in a respectful way. Like you didn't just leave and you didn't try to burn the place down. You went to the person. So if you are going to if you do feel compelled to leave, go have some conversations first. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And try to be winsome in it. You know, try to be a peacemaker as you're doing it and try to win that brother, you know? Yep. Which is what you tried to do. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly exactly right. Um, yeah, keeping the integrity going. Yeah. Um, and uh, and just hoping to have that that restoration. You yeah. know, um, if it comes out like that. And there, there is a willingness to repent. You know, let the church do what the church does best. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, um, and get back, back to it. Yeah. So two more questions. So, um, let's say you're at a family gathering. All right. I'm trying to paint the the picture. My family. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're at a Christmas party. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, you, you're at you're 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 having conversations with people close to you. Maybe okay. they're close family or friends, right? Um, with what the Lord's been showing you. Ah. Mm -hmm. But you know they don't believe the same way you do. Like that kind of stuff happens. I, I in my life, it's happened because I was initiating it sometimes. And sometimes it's because they're initiating it, and maybe they ask you, they put you on spot. Mm -hmm. You know, how should you navigate some of those times? We're going to be coming into holiday season here pretty soon, so <laughs> you know some of that stuff can come up. How do you navigate that stuff with people really close to you? Theological disagreements. Well, I th I think it's okay to exhibit your conviction a lot of times when something like that comes up it's usually me saying um god answered my prayer mm. that that's a big one i think that can um you know can be a part of a of a conversation and you're not lying about that right not lying to, to manipulate <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, I, I prayed about this. Yeah, this happened. It was an answer to prayer. Yeah, right. Um, I, I think you just need to to be 
um, very um, honest mm. with your convictions. Yeah. Uh, that's that seems to carry carry weight. Uh, a, a conviction that that you know you had a, a prayer answered, mm. and that is uh, and that is something that you just it's praiseworthy. You want to yeah. share it. Yeah. And um, and it's okay if a family member just says, well, you, you can say that, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, you still have, have put it out there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think – I think we can be – we be bold. Yeah. And, you know, part of the Sermon on the Mount was, you know, blessed are you – who are persecuted for my name's sake. Mm. Um, blessed are you. Yeah. I, I'm, are we willing to share something that is praiseworthy that God has done in our lives or that the Holy Spirit has shown us to where we're willing to be blessed? Yeah. <laughs> if, if we get flack for it, I, I mean, yeah, sign me up. I mean, speaking of persecution, uh, I've been married for almost 14 years now. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I've found uh, over these 14 years is, is the, the door. Yeah. <laughs> After the tonight, yeah, the couch. <laughs> is, uh, you know, like the person I'm absolutely closest with and I think like shares all of my doctrine doesn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. And thinks I'm weird in some areas, you know? <laughs> and that's okay. It is. You know, like it's 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 funny like I would think there're going to be a lot of people in the earth that agree with me on everything. <laughs> Turns out that's not true. There isn't the anyone. <laughs> There's literally no one yeah. that I've encountered in my 41 years that agrees with me about everything or even most things, you know? <laughs> So, like, maybe I should temper my expectations a little bit in going into these conversations and be okay when people don't agree because yeah. they're probably not going to anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's okay if, if, we, if we have joy in that moment of sharing that with someone, even though we know that they disagree. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Lord shares our, our happiness yeah. In that, because you know, we're convinced that he was a part of it. Yeah, and um, you know, people may think we're crazy. They thought John the Baptist was crazy. I yeah, think, to a yeah, yeah, certain degree. Yeah, um, Jesus's family thought he was out of his mind at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, not trying to compare ourselves to Jesus. But, no, you know, I think. The, the dynamics of our our lives um, where where the Lord is involved I, I think it's okay to get out be out there yeah and um, so but it I think that might might be where um, just want to be mindful not to not to give anyone the feeling that you're pushing it on them. Mm. We it, not trying to force anything on on anyone. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, something like, hey, I was reading Revelation the other day and I just got hit with this thought. And yeah. I started putting this stuff together and like, man, this is this is what I think the the Lord was telling me or teaching me or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's good. That's good, man. I like I like the you know, the confidence in that without arrogance like the confidence and this is what god is showing me i feel like god's showing me but not the arrogance to like and and the fear to try to have to defend that to the death right and convince someone that they're wrong you know right which i have a tendency to try to do well i think uh we can just be fully persuaded in our own minds that yeah uh, we we had an encounter with god yeah and it's something that we can um, we can be joyful yeah. about, and um, you know the Lord is going to work in different ways with different people, and yeah, and all to His praise, yeah, all to His glory, and um, you know, and hopefully it's it's well received. I, that's that's what what we can hope for in those situations. Yeah. So th- this. Um this last question is building on some of the stuff we've already dealt with, but uh, there's a nuance to it that I think is really important. Um, so this is more of a small group question, um, in a sense. How can you develop strong fellowship with believers when you feel that most everyone in your circles disagrees with you about issues that are important to you? I, I think this is a great question. Because, like we're saying, if we really press hard enough and deep enough into a relationship, we're going to find plenty of areas of disagreement mm-hmm. about things that we care about. And so the longer you spend time in a small group with people, the more opportunity there comes for disagreement. Like you move out of a honeymoon phase mm-hmm. and you see some real significant disagreement between people about important theological issues Mm -hmm. so how do you maintain not just maintain fellowship not just clinging on but like strong how do you develop strong fellowship in that kind of a situation well i think it's the um it's the rows that have been hoed before that that point for for people to come into a setting, I think who who don't know each other that well, it can it can end up being kind of combative mm. when when stuff like that comes up because especially if you're walking into an environment where um, you're not very well known, you don't know people. Maybe you're a newcomer to a group, and the um, the knowledge. Of scripture that that you feel the Lord has given you can sometimes become very personal. There's a mm. there's a sense of ownership, and um, and you want to defend that. Um, so maybe coming into to an environment fresh, there there's that um, sometimes the, a likelihood that that would cause some friction and some tension if it were to you know come into the discussion, but that um, the work that the Lord has done 
prior to that point in a group that's become tight, I, I think it's just more well-received when, when that stuff does come out. Mm. Because um, at that point, and, and I'm just speaking about our group, Yeah, we've come to be gracious with each other. We've come to understand that we may have different positions on things when it comes to theology. Um, and but um, we we respect one another enough uh, not to force it, um, not to be unreasonable, um, and also to to hear one another out um, and and to be able to. Um, talk about stuff like that in a in a really loving civil way so I, I think that what and again I'm just talking about our group what the Lord has done over the last several years um, in in knitting our hearts together with one another mm. um, and, and knowing that that we're there for a common purpose we all have the same goal mm. um, with, with this group, it just becomes, uh, it, it doesn't become an issue. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's well-received, even though someone may not agree with it. Um, and everyone just seems very gracious. And, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm going back to some of the things uh, from before when you, when you asked me um, about the dynamics of a small group, what, how, how does that form, what happens and stuff. And it, it is a matter of creating that community that um, that emulates the character of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. I mean that you know the the attitude of love, joy, peace, all, all that. Yeah. Um, or the fruit of the spirit, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right. Um, but when when that exists and is is operating among a group of believers, uh, there are no limits to to what we can discuss, I think, mm. when it comes to the scriptures, you know? So, um, that, that's kind of how I would answer that. And again, I'm using our group kind of, an, a, a, kind of as an example yeah. of that. But, I mean, what do you think about that, that question? Well, thinking about, like, what, what you have, like, through God, through God's grace, what, what you've created in this group, it's a very service-minded community where, like, we minister to each other's needs. That's very true. Yeah. Like, that is legit. That's been happening since I recognized, or since I came, since we came into this group. We recognized that fact, like, very clearly. If someone has a need, the group is like, what can I do? And it's all like, we're here to help you, like, everybody, you know? And Corona only, like, magnified that truth. Like, Absolutely. Goodness, like, everybody's trying to help everybody, however we can. Like, we do have times of fellowship, like, like fun nights together and, uh, like, as a big group and uh, or days together, you know. And, and, and we do, like, in smaller groups, hang out, you know. But when people have needs, mm -hmm. the group's like, what can I do? Yeah. Everybody. It's immediate. Yeah, and so there's this, like, service mentality there. You're talking about emulating the character of Jesus. Like, he's a yeah. servant above all, almost, you know? Like, that's yeah. his mentality, and that's what you fostered. Well, and, man, I just, I love it. 
people bond together when they serve, whether they're like, I'm, I've been way away from the mic, but whether they're out on the mission field or like if they're in the military or something, like when you serve together, you bond. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and with our group, it's most of the time, it's, it's not, hey, calling up, email, what do you need? It's like, this is this is what I think they probably need, or this is <laughs> what they want, and they just, you know, we just do it. Bring it, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, specifically with like say Corona and stuff, there were some needs. Yeah. That, but everyone, everyone met each other's needs uh, during during those um, those bouts. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a family, such a family atmosphere. Brothers and sisters, yeah, like we're all in it together. And I would just highlight one more thing. Like you talked about, um, even at the previous church, how you made prayer such a focus. And I remember some times of prayer that we've had as a group mm. over people that are struggling mm-hmm. that just bond people. Yeah. You know, Um in really deep ways that you could be pretty opposed to in some like theological mm. conversations, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even matter. No, you know, like you're just this is my brother, my eternal brother, or my eternal sister, right? That needs help and pouring out their heart, and it's just like, oh my goodness, the spirit just links us together. Yeah, Th- yeah, those moments. It, it's like you just, it, it, I really sense that, man, just we let go. Yeah. And God comes in and just like, I don't know, it's, I've, ha- I've had several of those moments. Yeah. With our group where you, um, you, there was this feeling of, I'm not doing anything here. <laughs> it is all him. Yeah. Right. And right. So, but yeah, it it is. Uh, it's something uh, really, really special for sure. And um, and like I said, you're such a big part of that, ah, Phil. You God, and man. you and Stephanie and your family and of course the other ev- everybody. Yeah. Just it's. Um, really is a group effort yeah. not even an effort but it's a group thing yeah where where god is is really uh he's really moving i think among us yeah man so but um yeah as far as um you know it, i i kind of noticed a a theme with these questions mm. um struggling with that question like should I should I leave the church or should I stay? Mm. And um, if uh, yeah, it 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 it's such a um, it can be so specific mm. with with situations. Yeah, right. Um, and it's and it's hard sometimes to to speak generally about it. But um, I. You know the the word says you know as much as it is up to you be at peace with all men. Mm. Um, I think that has um, far-reaching effects. Yeah. When 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 we when we live that out, uh, it's very broad. 
Um, but I, I mean, if if it can um, if it can be helped, I would never um, say yes. Leave a church, yeah. right? Because th- there should be life um, life giving dynamics there. Um, but at the same time, y- you have to just be sensitive to, um, you know, asking those questions and, and, and answering them, I guess, is, is where the sensitivity is. Am I being manipulated? Mm. Is there, is there clear heresy? Yep. Um, or is God calling me away? Like specifically, or is God calling me away? I think you're hitting on the three things that come to my mind. Like, is God calling you away? Is it heresy? Or is there spiritual abuse? Yeah. And even with the the latter two, are, have you confronted the the person that's committing these? Right. Don't just leave without confronting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that is key to, um, and that was that was Paul's emphasis. Yeah. In in all his letters, uh, was was keeping unity, and and in fact, I, I think you you could correct me if I'm wrong here, but the early church fathers their their emphasis was unity. Oh yeah, and and not that truth wasn't important to them; it, it was. Um, but you you see the early church fathers, they're not like they're they're not. Um, there's no tension between this idea of sovereignty of God, free will of man. Like they're, they're not, no. they're not enmeshed in that. They're really concerned with unity, right? And um, and it it is strange to say they weren't so concerned about truth. Of course, they were concerned about truth. Yeah, but but they they wanted unity more yeah. than more than anything. Yeah, right. That's, I that, mean that's heavy in like Clement of Rome. First century stuff. Yeah. Unity, unity, unity. Like, yes. He's coming against like the Corinthians that are still struggling with division. And he's like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. So if it's if it's something in if it's a matter of maybe a um an application of Jesus' teachings, um for the sake of of unity, um, can can we give a brother or a sister that freedom to uh, to walk in the ways of Christ, the way that that they believe their understanding, um, even though it's it's not and and it's not heretical, it's it's not sinful, even though it's maybe not the way I understand it. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think with God, I mean, there's such a m- multifaceted aspect to to living out His teachings and His Word, and and I think all of us can, in in some sense, have it right, you know, and to where all of us who are actually trying to follow Jesus, actually, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. and of course, definitely, yeah. I'm not talking about like sinful behavior or right. misapplication where it turns from from a kingdom emphasis to a worldly emphasis or like universalism or anything. Yeah, like that. right. right. Yeah. Sticking to orthodoxy. Right. Um, so yeah, and again, um, like I mentioned before, you can experience that 
with specificity, maybe with different interactions on a more personal level, more intimate level. Right. To where, wow, okay, this makes sense to me in a whole new way now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. So um, would I leave a church over over something like that? Probably not. Right. You know? But the three things like like you just listed— uh, th- those should be taken very seriously and um, and prayed about, yeah. and and really um, weighed in the balance to to see, you know, because it 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 may come down to having to to make an exit. Yeah, that's good, man. Thanks so much for taking your time tonight. Hey, thank you, Phil. Yeah, it was yeah. great having a conversation. This is awesome, dude. Yeah, I, I didn't hear this. one page of the bible turn no like we were just having a conversation i heard a lot of uh acid reflux gurgling <laughs> i'm gonna have to cut out <laughs> but that's funny. my fault um dude do you have anything you wanted to leave folks with um yeah i seek god in in big decisions like this yeah um i i would um Make sure that that you have a conviction about um, what what you see as um, the Lord having His uh, enlightening ways with you, mm-hmm. and um, definitely um, pray about stuff like this. Again, I'm, I'm j- I was hearing that theme of should I stay or should I go? Yeah. Um, that that's a that's a really really big decision, because mm. um, this is a it's it's not just a group of people. It, mm. it it's a spiritual entity. Mm. It's the body of Christ. Yeah, and um, a decision like that is um, you know it, it's something that really needs to be deeply considered and and prayed about and. Um, and it's it it's not easy, you know, and and so I think you know you and I can speak to that. Yeah, it, it's a very difficult thing to um, to um, separate yourself. Yeah, from uh, from something like that. Um, but um, you know, go as the Lord leads, and and just keep it keep it before Him. If if you um, if you can't pull the trigger, yeah. If you know if if conscience won't let you, um, you know, don't pull the trigger. Just keep it for before God and um, watch expectantly for an answer to that prayer. Just trust me, you'll see. to believe He came to me and told me my seed would be the way that He'd bring hope to the world Then He took me outside and said look at the sky just like the stars your songs will fill up the earth Just
trust me, you'll see Hold on to pulling So go to that mountain What should be there You and your son who was a miracle child Giving back to his maker Son, don't be scared Our God who loves the world is gonna provide oh, oh, oh. Just trust me, you'll see Doesn't quit at a twist in the fly If you bear your cross There's a resurrection Hold on to the